Hey, before we jump into the podcast, just want to give a quick reminder, if you're new here to the Holistic Nootropics podcast, to please just take a quick second and subscribe to the podcast. It takes literally a second to do. Just hit the subscribe button right there in your podcast player. Also, if you want to help us out, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Now, if you're more of a visual person, you like to actually watch the podcast, you can actually do that over on the Holistic Nootropics YouTube page. Just go to youtube.com, search Holistic Nootropics, You'll see our page pop up. Subscribe to that. Hit the little bell icon so you can get notified every single time new videos drop because we don't just do podcasts over there. We do product reviews. We do all kinds of nootropic and biohacking and holistic health topical videos. So go on over, check us out on the Holistic Nootropics YouTube page. And for all things nootropics, nutrition, and biohacking related, go on over to holisticnootropics.com. Okay, let's jump into the podcast. You're listening to the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, your home for holistic, evidence-based cognitive enhancement strategies. And now your host, Eric Levi. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, where we discuss using nootropics, biohacking, and nutrition to help you boost your cognition. My name is Eric, and if you are new to the Holistic Nootropics channel, remember to subscribe. And if you are watching this on YouTube, then if you enjoy the podcast, give it a big thumbs up and leave any comments or questions down below. And if you're listening to this on audio, remember to subscribe in your audio player and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. One quick announcement, if you are into what we're doing here over at Holistic Nootropics, then you can head on over to holisticnootropics.com and pick up a free copy of my supplement guide. This is a fully comprehensive guide that walks you through ingredient by ingredient on how to find the best quality supplements and nootropics on the market today. Just head on over to holisticnootropics.com. And now for today's podcast with Pavel Stutlik, also known as Noah Aon. Pavel is a conscious DJ and producer. He's a biohacker and an innovator and disruptor. He is a man of many talents and many trades, touring the world, bringing music and life to people. Pavel, welcome to the Holistic Nootropics Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And funny enough, I saw you, we just jerked the last uh, bit of uh, Nootropics for the morning. So we can oh, get started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. What are, you, what, are you, what are you working with today? <laughs> so today I've got uh, some adaptogens. I have a, I love the little om mushroom mix uh, that okay. you put into your coffee. I don't know if you know, like the instant. Yeah, it has yeah. Like Rodolia, it has like all of the, the sparkles. And I'm in the middle of literally nowhere. And so it's hard to bring my full you know, stack everywhere. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. It, that's the thing about traveling. It's like, you want to bring all your supplements and you're like, oh man, I can't, I, I can't travel with all of these bottles and pills. And then God forbid you lose something in the airport because the TSA pulls something out of your bag. They're like, what is this new pept? Never heard of it into the trash. <laughs> Yep. Yep. And then they'll, they'll think that you're a smuggler, especially down here in Colombia. So not a good place. <laughs> I know. God forbid you're just trying to get some of that sweet BDNF. They think you're smuggling stuff in and out of Colombia. Wouldn't that be great though, if that's what the Colombian drug cartels really were doing, they were just trying to bring nootropics to the people of America and not so much other stuff. I mean, Oh my gosh. Uh, they, for example, they have this coca tea and we're in like a super high altitude and it's banned in, in America. And, uh, that's like one of their biggest new tropic they've been using for, you know, ever since that's been here, but people take it too far down. And obviously, uh, what's, what's happening with all the mixing and, 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 and how it's done, it's not good for anyone, but, uh, yeah, the plant is so great. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. There are just so many great plants, so many great ingredients located in different parts of the world. And we've barely even tapped into it. Um, and we're going to get in more into talking about nootropics and biohacking, but first, um, Pavel, I would love to know your story on how you became, you know, how you got into the wellness industry and really what took you in this path of, you know, providing entertainment and becoming a DJ and a producer. Uh, let us know the holistic nootropics listeners and viewers, what brought you into this space? Awesome. Thank you. So yeah, the, I, I like to call it the, the egoic story is that I was uh, born and raised in Czech Republic. And uh, I uh, was there up until about age of 15. Uh, when I was 15, I left to US as an foreign exchange student uh, to study abroad for a year and uh, learn um, English. 
And uh, essentially, uh, throughout my entire life, I was always extremely active, loved sports. And back then, I fall in love with cycling. And so I actually made it all the way to professional uh, cycling career. And um, I started in, in U.S. I went back to Europe, traveled essentially around the Europe. And during this time, I've always been extremely passionate and interested in what else is out there. We live in a world of what society tells us, what governments put us as or, you know, packages as. And I like never really bought into it and always wanted more. And so unlike a lot of other, I guess, cyclists during the times that we were traveling, I always was studying, listening to new audiobooks, new, new podcasts, whatever I could gather around, you know, health, happiness, strength, spirituality, and growth. And it wasn't until I was about 20 years old or maybe even less 18 years old that I caught uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. I also had Epstein-Barr. Uh, my autoimmune system was busted. I was sick every two weeks. And uh, during that time, I also started my first company. So it was about 17, 18 years old. I started trading uh, bikes on Alibaba as uh, my father back then gave me two options. One option is you go to school, your life is paid for the second option is you're going to do your little cycling thing and you're going to have to figure it out. And so it pushed me and made me essentially figure it out. And I, instead of recovering and, you know, taking sleep like you need after five, six, seven hour bike rides, I went into, you know, phone calls with China, with eBay, with Alibaba. Back then, you know, Alibaba wasn't as accepted as it is today. And it completely killed me, destroyed me. And so when I was about 20 or 21, I actually had to quit cycling because of health. I just could not sustain or live. And that's when I explored and discovered Wim Hof, uh, Dave Asprey, biohacking, uh, health and wellness, nootropics, which like saved my life with, mm. with no energy. <laughs> and so that's why it's actually so awesome. I can't wait to talk more about all of that. And yeah. And so, um, about so when I, when I was about 21 years old, I went to America full-time to, to live here. And I was looking for uh, different business opportunities as I've had some money saved up. My family also was, was here and we tried to figure out how to, how to get an E2 visa, like a business visa to stay here for a long term. And essentially uh, started off with a sushi restaurant in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> so that was my first like physical business venture. Then it didn't work out, didn't qualify. And I actually had to leave America for quite some time because of a visa situation. And not until we figured it out again, we then found other business in Hawaii called Tutti Frutti frozen yogurt. So I actually uh, licensed that and was a, was a master uh, like licensor in, in Hawaii state. And, um, that was like one of the hardest times of my life. I quit cycling. I didn't know how do I take that identity and bring it, you know, into something else. And I was sick and tired of making people fat because mm -hmm. frozen yogurt is not good for you on any level. So I did this crazy journey, moved and left back to Florida, which is where I kind of started my journey originally as a foreign exchange student. And I discovered orange theory fitness. And I was 23 years old at that time or 22 years old. And I uh, took a class as a, as a cyclist. I, you know, knew that high intensity interval training works. Technology with it is absolutely amazing. And so I was like, how do I get involved? How do I, you know, franchise that piece of a business? And so I was this kid literally drove to Fort Lauderdale to the headquarters, met with the, with the president, with the CEO back then, this was like, six orange theories only. They had five people in the corporate staff, including the, the founders, nobody there yet. And they were like, we have Georgia state available. Have you ever been to Georgia or in Atlanta? And I'm like, well, I rode bikes there for training, <laughs> but that was about it. But uh, what do I need to do to, to get started? And so they literally gave me two days before the dark period. So every franchise they have to redisclose once in a year, and essentially there's like a dark period when you cannot purchase any franchises. And I was able to make everything, get all the, the, the funding, get all the, the uh, contracting finished, sit on the car, drove up to Atlanta and essentially started this whole crazy era for the last, I don't know, six, seven years with, with Orange Theory. And 
crazy enough. So I started with Georgia State. It soon became the fastest growing market in Orange Theory. Mm. I brought all of the endurance from cycling into it. Then I teamed up with uh, with the CEO and president, and we uh, went into other markets as well. Uh, I then went into Nevada, Oregon, San Francisco, parts of New York, and South Beach. Oh, and as well as Hawaii. And essentially, so I had about eight markets at the peak. And uh, I was this kid that literally had no idea how to run business in America and uh, learn everything on the fly, thanks to the you know franchise system, a lot of it. But essentially did that for, for about six, seven years until I completely burned out and lost it again. So same thing as if, if I had a cy- cycling, it was a new chapter and new flow. And I went into this cave. I spent 10 days in complete darkness with no food, no light in the middle of Thailand with, uh, with this lady called Jasmine. And essentially, um, after about day seven, I just like lost it. I start crying and crying and had this crazy powerful, you know, spiritual experience. And that's when my movement began essentially my calling was that, what am I doing with this whole business thing? What I really want to do is inspire others, get everybody back to their power, use all these ancient tools of wisdom and, and energy that do work and that haven't been really you know, exposed to everyone just like I have. And so I walked out of there, sold pretty much all the Orange Theories. I created this brand called Noah Aeon, which Noah means movement. Aeon is all or none. And the whole power behind it is that we live in the world of duality. We have the highs and lows. We have the, you know, black and white. We have, we have all of these different um, fundamental, you know, uh, changes in our life. And what I've learned is that more we live in duality, more we separate each other from one another. And so the main mission of it is to come back to harmony, come back to center. And that's what it symbolizes, essentially, uh, the logo in the middle. And yeah, so I walked out of there. I learned how to produce music. I have had tons of time. So for about 15 years prior to that, I've always went and trained with different people, including Wim Hof or Dave Asprey's training. And every three months, I would commit myself that I do something wildly crazy that is going to bring me the tools and closer to who I am. So I brought all these tools from all around the world and essentially broken it down into segments, fun show and immersive activities that I now, you know, tour with in uh, in music festivals, nightclubs, conferences and beyond. And uh, now essentially, you know, people can can take retreat, workshop or any of these activities and feel and sense the same amount of transformation that I essentially had, you know, in that cave back then. And the last thing I'll mention, I actually grew up with shaman. So something that was really weird and crazy when I was young, but uh, my mother has been that opening pivotal for my spiritual growth. And so starting with yoga, meditation, uh, some sort of form of breath work from very young age kind of opened me up to the understanding that these are really powerful tools that can help us, you know, rise and unite. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> that, <laughs> Sorry, is, that's a lot. <laughs> that is quite the journey. Um, and what I love about it is there's no, there's no, uh, how do you say, uh, there's no lateral movement. You know what I mean? There's no, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, I want to do this and I'm going to go for it. I want to do that. And I'm going to get that. I'm going to do this. And I find that with a lot of people who have these aspirations, you know, they're like, that sounds cool, but I don't know about that. Or I would love to do that, but I don't, I don't know if I can. You sound like someone who you say, as soon as you put your mind on something and as cliche as it sounds, as soon as you put your mind on something, it sounds like you just go do it. Absolutely. It's the clear intention that creates, you know, energy flow and that then people are able to, you know, do whatever that is. But it's also, you know, so this, this, this part of the story is the, is the, is the happy part. Right. But then throughout this story, there are crazy lows and, 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 and highs and rises. And, and I'm, I literally, after I said that I'm going to sell everything, 
I, I ran into this crazy cash flow problem because I had all this income from, from Orange Theories. But the minute I, I lost it, I've actually, I almost went bankrupt in the last two years. And so when I shifted like this, Universe was like, okay, how are you going to support it now? How are you going to do this? So it was, it's, it's, it's crazy how, you know, it, it's this cause and effect of our universal um, power is, is always, you know, attached to it. And uh, it really hasn't been until early on this year when things start really shifting in, in that way of uh, truly leaving that old self behind every single time I decided to, to be a new self. And what was it, I mean, amidst all of this, you know, because it sounds like you're very driven and, and you have a natural mind for business or, and definitely the, the intangible of business, which is just saying, screw it. I'm going to get this by any means necessary. Where was it in all of this, that biohacking started to fit in? Yeah. So it was really right after the cycling career, because I was looking and searching for any alternative and essentially, you know, cycles are biohackers naturally, right? Because you, you literally have to hack your recovery, hack your sleep. I mean, throughout the, the whole cycling career, we always had to figure out how to speed things up, but then we obviously have to be so careful because of constant doping control because if you, you know, all the things that I'm doing now, they would be completely banned back then. So I'm like, wow, I wish I, you know, could do all of these things now because that would be absolutely amazing. But really like I have to give the biggest thanks to, um, to Dave Asprey because that was like one of the initial like bulletproof diet, going keto, understanding, um, the, um, the, uh, elimination diet, understanding, uh, kind of like where to start, like with yourself, like, why do you not feel good? And why do certain things make you feel bad? And then, you know, moving into the environment and getting into, um, the biohacking in general was a, was a huge pivotal moment. And I guess, uh, I actually, uh, about two or three years ago, I even joined upgrade labs as an advisor, as well as, uh, um, I was like an Illyrian adapter there where I helped them open up the other uh, location in Beverly Hills and, and kind of, they, they brought me on to help them scale because they were looking to, you know, scale it similar to, to orange theory. Mm -hmm. And so when, when I got it, got into that, that's when I really start, you know, being in the bulletproof conference and the biohacking Congress and all of the, all of these conferences that I was able to, you know, speak what, what I believed in, in, and, and learn about that world. And what was it about that world you know, like with the keto diet or the elimination diet, was there something specific that you found in that, that to you was the, you could put your finger on and say, that was the game changer. Like there was something about an elimination diet and maybe you found like, Oh, gluten is the thing that's making me feel so fatigued and it's, it's draining, you know, it's giving me brain fog or the keto diet, something about carbohydrates or excess fat that was like, this is just how my body runs better. And it keeps me motivated throughout the day. Was there, was there like a specific trigger for you in that search in that kind of health journey that set everything off into a better direction? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it was energy that I, that I was lacking. So with Epstein-Barr and with chronic fatigue, I, I constantly was tired and I was always sleepy. So, you know, one of the biggest pivotal things was how do I a eliminate things that take my energy and then B, how do I bring the right nootropic stack that gives me the energy? And so originally it, it's so funny. So biohacking, right. It's just like a term that we use now that's been growing, but essentially I more look at it from like eternal truth of what's always worked for us as, as a mankind, right. In the last hundred years, we've been going through all of these different trends. Every 10 years, there's a new trend that is supporting some sort of big pharma or big supplement industry or big snacking industry and snacking didn't exist, you know, hundred years ago. And so the way I, I look at it, it's, it's really just coming back to what we've always known, coming back to our essence of what always worked and then exploring and discovering deeper and deeper, more of that spiritual side of things. Cause I do feel um, biohackers tend to be very, uh, left brained And, uh, there's a lot of like, everything has a cycle. And if the cycle doesn't happen, then we can function. So I think what's, what's interesting is in the last couple of years, I've been really finding the balance between, you know, science and how important that is versus 
really knowing your inner inner calling what is your body telling you listening to that and i think that's like the really most important part of of any life hacking in general <laughs> yeah absolutely and and i find biohacking and I, I i go back and forth with like my love hate relationship with the term biohacking the marketing of biohacking the community of biohacking um because i think it's such an interesting thing with people because it really is taking health into your own hands and finding a, a moment of optimization. And when you, when you feel optimized, when you feel like you're in flow, when you feel so healthy, nothing can stop you. You know, that's to me, that's, that's Nirvana to me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so there is that spiritual moment too, that comes in, but then it kind of goes away. And I think really the work comes in when you don't feel when you're doing all the stuff, but then you still don't feel good. You know, you're like, why, uh, especially like if you wear an O ring or some kind of wearable, you know, and you're, you're drinking your bulletproof coffee and you're doing keto and you're, you know, you're, you're, um, you're keeping your activity level up and you're doing mindfulness stuff, but you still don't feel well. I think that's where the real biohacking comes in because you have to really reevaluate things and say, okay, what is it about my day? That's not allowing me to hit that thing. Like what is holding me down? And I think it really is that those introspective moments and you do need some spirituality because you have to know, Hey, there is a solution here. I just have to find it. I think that is in my opinion, what, what biohacking is really about. Yeah, no. And, and so I think one thing that I've learned, so throughout this, like last, you know, many years, and I think everybody kind of goes through the same thing. I call it journey through self-transformation and, uh, what I've kind of defined. So this is what I teach at the retreats and workshops. It's called how to be generally awesome. So instead of hacking or whatever, it's like, how can we be at our best all the time on all levels? Right. And so what I came down to, I broken it down into three segments. It's me, we, and be the me part. That's like anybody. I just like simplified it completely dimmed down for anybody. Right. So whenever somebody thinks of me or, or, or yourself, it's filled with four components. It's the, it's the mind. So it's the thoughts that we're thinking. It's what we're projecting. What are we feeding ourselves? Right. The mind back, what, what we're reading, what we're listening then it's the body, the physical, how are we treating our physical body? Uh, then it's the emotions because so many people get drawn up by negative emotions and their emotion is really what makes our life feel real. And then there is that spirit, that soul, that other part that we, we don't necessarily see, but that fuels us, fuels our life. And we explore when we go deeper into stillness and silence and meditation, when you kind of grow from there, it, it's funny because for me, right. Started with the fixing the physical, then there was the mind, then the emotions were still like feeling like shit at some days. Right. So like, how do I re 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 pattern that? And where does it come from? Once I move from there, I start paying attention and being more sensitive to the environment. Uh, the environment, I don't mean just what we're drinking, what we're eating, the lights that we're exposed to. I'm also talking about the connections with, with human connections we have, who is around us, right? What are the five people that define who we are and that either drive us forward or anchor us backward? And so that's kind of the, the we part, the collective consciousness. And then the last part is the B. And that's truly, it's almost, that's the unseen. I love this little, uh, this little value system. And I've always used this as a core value in, in any of my companies. It's the be, do, and have. And so, so many people live in the opposite where they have to have the right partner. They have to have the right money, the right things before they take the right action. And most of the time they never become it. And so when you embrace it, become it, you come from this place of power and knowing, and you directly guide your intention where you direct your energy, where your intention goes, your life can transform and truly, you know, take the right action. And so that's kind of the, the, the three, um, you know, little course that I've learned about this journey. And lastly, I've broken it down into four segments. So first segment is wake up. People have to wake up that there is more, there's other things out there. There's more knowledge that we don't know to, to, to start this whole journey. The second part is cleanup. There is a lot of detox, detoxing environmental toxin, detoxing negative relationships, detoxing, just purging all of that crap that we've been, you know, battling on our lives over the last decades. The third part is power. 
power up. So when you are clean and you're ready to like take on more, who do you invite into your space? Who and what type of food and drinks and, and fuels you're going to actually accelerate your growth. And then the final one, which always has been the hardest one for me is rest up and then repeat the cycle. So rest up, meaning taking the rest, taking the time for yourself, be alone, uh, go into, you know, uh, wellness, treat your body as a temple, like really go in deep inside, because that's when you can truly restart this journey from a higher perspective again. And you're always doing that. It's like, you know, always. there's, you're always doing that. And that's, that's something I've realized as I've gotten older. It's like, I hit a point where I was down and out and I was depressed and I, I was feeling, you know, not sick physically, but you know, I just wasn't in a good place. And then I fixed it and then things were better for a while. And then you kind of cruise with that. And then you realize you get to another point where you're like, okay, now I have to level up again, but it'll, you almost have to go down. You almost have to sink back down into yourself and really, and really find that introspective moment and really find that sense of quiet. And like, what am I really about? And, you know, maybe not what's missing, but what, what else is there for me to gain? And it really takes those moments of, it takes those moments of health. It takes really having your, your brain working right and being clear of toxins, you know, physical and emotional to really be able to truly reevaluate what you want in life and then move forward with that. Absolutely. I cannot agree more. And it's, it never ends. Like there's no threshold to our growth. And so that's why, that's why like you, the minute that you think that you know it all, that there's a next big challenge ahead of us. And it's like these beautiful milestones of our life that when we learn how to surrender through them and read through them even more so, so that way we can pay attention when, when these negative times come, like, how do we, you know, get, get, um, above them. Right. I always like to say how you stay above the, the sky when you can be in the blue zone, uh, then, uh, you know, life can really truly work very well for us. Yeah. And I, and, and while you're saying that the, the word intuition popped into my head and I think we live in a, in a world of an intuition crisis where people are not listening to their intuition and people have polluted intuition. You know, people, people know what's right for them. You feel it in your heart. You feel it in your bones. You feel it in your body. You go, I know this thing is right to do, but it's not what other people want me to do, or it's not what other people are talking about. And you start pumping the brakes on things like that. And before you know it, you're, you're in a place you don't really want to be. You're angry about things and people. You don't really know why you're angry. You just kind of live with this cloud hanging above you. Whereas when you free yourself and it takes work, you don't just one day wake up, although you can, um, you have to kind of manifest that freedom and then that intuition and then follow through with the intuition. And again, I believe that biohacking plays into that because you got to get rid of all the toxic crap. You have to have, you know, stabilized metabolism. Nootropics help because they put your brain on another level to help you reach those intuitions and then give you the optimism and the bravery to move forward with it. And again, you know, it, it sounds like how you've lived your life is very in line with, with that embracing the good and the bad. Yeah. Parts of it for sure. And then, you know, it's so funny, like, like you have these two energy system, right. That, that, that negative voice that's, that's trying to bring more negativity to it. So it's like a ball effect. Everything is a tipping point, right? Whatever we give energy to, it will accelerate, but it's time, especially in those times that we're down to realize that, Hey, you have the choice to go the other side and the other side is 10 times faster than the low side. The one thing that I'll say about intuition, and it's, it's, it's so true over the last thousands of years, we, we have grown so much as a, as a civilization with our technologies, with our science, with our studies, but what we have not grown and kept up with is our spirituality. We're still in the same system of whatever religions we may believe in from, from 2000 years ago. And so whatever worked 2000 years ago is not going to work for today's world. And so one thing that, that really truly, uh, accelerated for me is how do we open up all the unseen, all the other psychic senses that we all have, we all at some point are using, but we're not paying attention to it or trusting it. And so one thing that we, we know, right. It's, we have five senses that make us 
you know, live here on, on, on earth. And uh, I don't have to go through the five senses, but then we also have other four senses, which are the really interesting ones. And so the other four senses is psychic hearing, which comes from right above your uh, ears. And that's when you have that little inner voice. Generally, that's the one that uh, is hardest to, to um, understand and hear because it's people have so much clutter in them unless they, you know, come into the stillness silence. Then we have our psychic feeling, which comes from our solar plexus into our hands. And um, the easiest way to describe it is that if you come into a place where there was a fight or there was some very negative energy, you sense it, you feel it. Or if you're walking around somebody to just have a beautiful energy, people are attracted, attracted to it and inclined to it. So again, it's like nothing woo wee wow. This is um, things that everybody every day is processing, but doesn't put the mind to it what, as to what it actually means. Uh, the third one is psychic intuition. And so that's, or knowing that comes from here, from, from your, uh, above your, your forehead, your, um, fontanelle and essentially in uh, psychic knowing or intuition is when you knew you shouldn't have gone there uh, to that concert, or when you knew that that person was doing something, but you didn't do anything about it. Everybody's had had those moments when you just knew something would, would be there. And the last one is your psychic seeing, which is beautiful, uh, visual. And a lot of people are visual, right? Like you can see things ahead of you as if they were either happening or how they're going to be unfolding. And each of us have different skill to a different point. And every, and whatever the point is for you, you just want to more meditate on it. You want to acknowledge it. And so whenever people see, hear, feel or no, they just want to simply say, yes, I heard that. Yes, I felt that. So that way they can start building it as if it's a muscle. And as, as weird as it may sound at first, it, it is weird at first, but then you start trusting and trusting more. And I always like to say this, we trust FedEx or US Postal that when we put an address to a sender, that it's going to get there. And that trust is the same trust that we don't put into our own mind, into our emotions, into the most powerful tool that we actually have. And so uh, that's really powerful to really take that time, go into a stillness, silence, slow everything down so we can actually tune into these senses and then grow them so they can work for us and tell us what more of do we actually need so that way we can be the best version of ourselves. And I love that analogy of the, of the mail to address because it also highlights another very important step in this, which is the vehicle to get it to the destination. And, you know, I saw this cause I've done a, I've done a meditation retreat in India one time. And, uh, you know, you get into this thing where everybody goes, everybody's a little lost. And then you go through five or six days, whatever it was of just intense meditation, intense breath work, you know, essentially just having these experiences that feel, I mean, psychedelic in a lot of senses. And everybody kind of leaves there with like, oh man, I'm ready. I'm ready to change. I know what I want in life. I'm ready to do it. And within a week, they're back to their old self. They're back to a negative mindset. And the fact is, is that you set the intention, you set the, you know, you see all these, all these visions, you have these intuitions, but if you don't build the vehicle to bring you to the destination, it's going to be very difficult to get there. And again, to me, that's where the health and wellness aspect comes up because you could say all you want. I want, you know, I want peace in my life. I want happiness. I want success. I want these things. But the second you go to sleep and you wake up that next day and you're just drained of energy, the negative thoughts come rushing in, the self-doubt comes rushing in, the, the actual physical inability to get out the door and move, um, it, it, prevent, it, it presents quite a bit of a challenge for reaching these goals that you want to get to. No, for sure. It's uh, so, I, I mean, absolutely. There's a lot of people that are workshop junkies that are um, uh, literally addicted to the feeling that they have that high that they have during the workshops, but then they're not able to fully integrate it into their life. And, you know, a one of part of it is process. I mean, I've been there the same, same way where, you know, you're like all in when you're in your piece, but then the most important part about it is like, how we spend the time is what de determines the frequency that we resonate. And so if we spend all of our time in, in fear, in worries, in, um, in uh, what do I have to do 
tonight for work? And where do I have to be then? And do I have enough money for this? All of these are survival type frequencies that literally kill and deteriorate our four psychic senses. And so that's why I actually broken it down into to eight points, eight points of, of this general awesomeness lifestyle as to how do you actually spend your time so that way you can more frequently throughout your life, you know, stay in that zone. And so uh, the, the, the point number one is meditation. Uh, there's so many different meditations, but meditation is an act of receiving. So whenever we meditate, that's the time that we're taking to be able to receive and open up these senses. The second part is prayer. And that's, uh, that could be however people know how to pray. But a lot of people don't know how to pray properly because what prayer is, is prayer is act of, of projecting as to where you want to be, where do you want to go. The third part is positive thinking and mind mastery. So, you know, 90% of our thoughts are just repetition. That's been scientifically validated. And it's key that we spend that time to sit down and rethink, rebrand essentially our thoughts. So that way our thoughts work for us. And it's that the hardest part is when those negative thoughts comes to recognize that those don't have to be there. Fourth part is lie diet as well as uh, just being lighter, less is more in today's world. And I think that really encompasses biohacking to me. Uh, fifth part is treat your body as a temple. So for, for me, you know, it, again, it, it's biohacking has kind of one-on-one. You can go into how to truly treat your body at, at the best optimal level. But I don't start a day without doing breath work. I don't start a day without uh, doing some cold exposure. Uh, this morning I went for a run. It's about 40 degrees here. And so I was running in a cold, raining, and I was just embracing it because we spend way too much time in air conditioners and our bodies are not, you know, pushed for a short period of time to realize the best. Um, the sixth part is selfless service and um, being kind and compassionate to others and also uh, just act of kindness without any reward back. That's something that could be also called gratitude. But more we can just be in a state of giving and giving from our heart, more we are in a state of receiving. And that's something that's the hardest thing, especially for, for mothers who just keep on giving and giving and giving, but don't understand the act of receiving and receiving mm -hmm. at the same, same way. The seventh part is stillness and silence. Um, I love to do it in nature because everything that we keep on receiving from our sounds and, and, and podcasts and whatever we're, we're, we're continuously receiving it's time to also just hear and like being in stillness and silence in nature and then the last part is singing or listening to a sacred music sacred sound this doesn't have to be some om. this can be whatever makes your heart smile so essentially whenever you're singing whenever you're in a place of doing things that are filling up your emotions because your emotions also need to eat and your emotions eat with being in 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 uh, in timelessness so whatever it's art, music, uh, yoga, it can be anything that brings your mind to complete stillness and silence that fuels your emotions. And that's the eighth part of this lifestyle that I like to use every single day to stay within uh, those lines. I love it. That's so true. And is this something that you bring with your music? Because I know when you're, you know, when you're, when you're performing, when you're, at a, uh, you know, a festival or, you know, you're dancing, it seems like one of those moments where you can take all eight of those points and you just, it melds into one moment of just being present. And I think that that's one of the coolest things about, and I've especially gotten more into like electronic, uh, dance music lately. Um, because it, it has this effect of really bringing presence and really allowing, um, like flow to kind of transmit through me. No, absolutely. So mostly in my retreats and, and workshops, uh, basically anytime people come to retreats, they, they live like this. So they, they live the general awesomeness. So that way they have the right foods. They treat the body as temple. So all throughout the time, they're taught how to embrace this. And then in the, in the festivals or on in the actual immersive activities, I focus much heavier on, on unity, how to work with, with, with the, with the collective consciousness, breath work, meditation and sound healing. And uh, one thing that I do different than, than uh, most DJs is I actually 
uh, infuse frequency sounds, so Fijio frequencies, into a house music, into a modern beat. So instead of us just having to listen to like binaural beats or anything that 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 is very good for your brain, you can also use the same frequencies for a dancing, for parties. So whenever people come to my immersive shows, they have this sense of healing, uh, connection, unity, and awakening and and that's kind of the main main purpose of it is to come back to us who we already are. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite things now is uh, I call them like holistic stacks, you know, because we think of nootropics and you think of like, what's your stack, you know, and you think of somebody who's like taking, you know, 15 or 20 things. And it's just like a supplement on top of a supplement on top of a supplement. But I like to think of it more like, what is your holistic stack? So for me, it's like, I love to have in the morning. I love to be fasted. I love to have a cup of coffee with some lion's mane and chaga mushroom. Yep. There you go. Um, pop in some L-theanine, uh, and then, you know, before that do some, do some breath work, some meditation. So by the time I sit down, you know, eight in the morning and I start going, I'm in the zone already. It already takes me there. And then I pop in some, uh, you know, some electronic music and it's like, I'm, I, time will just go by. And it's how I've gotten so much of my most like brain pressing work done over the last couple of years. It's, it's really powerful stuff. No, hundred percent. It's, it's funny. So like when I started with it, I was so low and it's, that's why I had a lot of depression. I, I even had a suicidal feelings. I like totally get it. Like when, what, when people are low, like you are low and you do not see way out. And so it really is so important to recognize that there is a chemistry part to it. And, you know, it's, it's awesome to think that you can do these meditations and even breath work. Sometimes breath work didn't do shit when I was low, you know, it's like, it's you, you are, there's something chemically wrong as to what we're tuning in. So during that phase of life, it's completely changed my life to be able to give the fuel that your brain needs and, and knowing how powerful your, your, how powerful and needy your brain can be. So it can, you know, fully, um, function for your entire body. But also once I did get well, I've noticed that then I just like to get that little edge and that little high of, 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 you know, like anorazotam or prazotam. So then I had to, uh, you know, find that balance between what's me and what I can actually generate with, with my powers versus what I give power out to all of these other supplements and, and things as well. So how are you utilizing nootropics? Are you doing like specific ones in the morning and then you have some for the afternoon? Do you just do kind of like a, you know, just the morning? Do you have some that you use later on in the day? How, how is your typical kind of nootropic routine to keep you, to keep you going? Yeah, no. So I, um, I try to weave in and out as much as possible. So I, one of the biggest things that I do is I switch them up, uh, because, uh, a, uh, sometimes I start getting anxiety and, and they, and they don't work as well after a period of time. So I think as, as good as they are, they also deplete a lot in our brain. So if we don't take those times to, you know, re replenish and also be without them, then we don't recognize the tool that they're giving us. And, you know, it's kind of like with any, any even psychedelics, right? It's an opening portal, but then how can we sustain that with our own, own health and with our own um, body? Um, but my favorite ones, uh, like, I mean, I still use, you know, bulletproof coffee, coffee with butter, MCT oil, and some adaptogens pretty much every morning. I recently tried, to um, this last maybe three weeks, I've been off of butter as much as possible. So I've been just using MCT, but, uh, I, I do love the fact that it, it fuels you. So if you do intermittent fasting, you're not, you know, hungry and thinking about food and the butter really helps with that. But, uh, generally I, I love, I don't know if you know, find your formula, the, the brand. Mm -hmm. Yep. I I've loved using them because of the different, uh, stacks that you can get. Um, and that it's a really great way to like, I think, start into nootropics or where, where to, you know, find the right one. Uh, I constantly take mushrooms. So mushrooms is really just, you know, they, they're, magnificent. And I think they're so unharmful to your, to your body and to yourself. So whatever it's for immunity, uh, for your brain or for, uh, sleep, they, they're perfect in all levels. Uh, and then, uh, what else do I have here? I, uh, I, uh, use a lot of magnesium. I use a lot of like alpha GPC. 
I use a lot of L-tanine. That's like my drug of choice. <laughs> I love the, the peaceful uh, L-tanine with GABA. They're, they're mm-hmm. like, they actually saved my life back, back in the stressful times. Wow. Um, you know, cause, cause you were always that edginess was there with, with work, with stress, and it just takes you down. <laughs> L-theanine gives, I love L-theanine and I like to say, I have to take it early. Cause if I take it later, it gives me some really vivid dreams, which is kind of cool, mm-hmm. but sometimes they're a little too stimulating and it wakes me up quite a bit throughout the night. But, um, that's how I know it's working that and CBD. If I, if I got some mm-hmm. CBD and L-theanine going, it's my dreams go off the rails. I'm talking colors, people. It's, it's pretty nuts, but yeah, L-theanine is amazing. That's funny because I think, you know, melatonin is, is an unseen substance uh, in combination with melatonin because every time I take melatonin, I just have visuals and lights. And it's funny, my, my girlfriend, uh, uh that is here with me, um, she had this like crazy, uh, like her grandfather came in to her last night and we literally just took, um, uh, like a reishi mushrooms, L-tinine, GABA and, uh, CBD, and basically just went off on a journey. Wow. Oh, okay. And that was like, uh, that wasn't for sleep. That was for something else. That was, that was, that was a sleep. That was a sleep. Oh (laughs) yeah. Those, that's a good, that, that seems like a very powerful, uh, sleep blend. Reishi, is another one that man that's I use these mushrooms called uh fresh cat mushrooms and um they're so potent and it's like mm-hmm. never in my life have I been able to feel uh the power of mushrooms like reishi I've taken before it didn't really do much but this reishi it has that mm-hmm. that real sedating feel not early in the morning but it is an adaptogen so it works with your daily cortisol um and so, yeah, some of these can just take you to some places. And the biggest thing that I love about compounds like reishi, the mushrooms, L-theanine is they have a physiological component. It's not just all mental. They don't just, you know, take them and shoot to your brain. It's like they have other, uh, like reishi can modulate your immune system. All the mushrooms, except for lion's mane, have an immune, uh, immune system effect. Um, L-theanine has a very body, uh, sensory, uh, uh, sensory input to it. Um, and CBD of course is good for so many things. So mm-hmm. yeah, I could see, I could see visuals being plentiful on that stack. Um, no, I agree. And you have to tell me which one it is. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> um, which one now? Uh, the, the reishi that you use. That would oh, be I use, nice it's too. this company called uh, fresh cap mushrooms. Okay. So, uh, I had the founder, Tony on the podcast a few months ago and they have a really cool YouTube channel. Just, it's called fresh caps and Mm -hmm. you know, they're not just, they're not just a company and they're selling mushrooms. I mean, they are mushroom growers, they're mushroom enthusiasts. And, um, you know, they use the actual, uh, fruiting body of the mushroom. So that's where all of the, um, uh, uh, what is it? Beta, beta glucans are that's the part of the mushroom that actually works versus, you know, a lot of companies will package it in a lot of starch and, um, and oats and things like that. So you're not getting the full effect, but yeah, them and real mushrooms are the two mushroom brands that have, as far as I found the most, the most punch to them. Um, yeah, definitely check them out for sure. There's a, there's this thing. So this is a pure echinacea, uh, that you literally have to use syringa to in, in your butt. And, um, when I had a, a chronic fatigue and even up, you know, it's something like a Epstein bar stays with you and it can be activated with stress. I literally have never found better tool to bring your immune system back. So anybody with autoimmune disease, anybody that are just constantly sick, uh, this thing is like magic. Injectable and, uh, echinacea. Injectable echinacea. Yeah. I don't wow. know if they even have it in America. I bring it from Germany. Um, and I think you probably could uh, order it online, but it's been a life savior, even though it's, you know, literally pain in the ass because you yeah. have to put it in, but, uh, that, that one has been great. And then ozone ozone has like changed my life, uh, oh. both, uh, ear, nose, rectal blood, like any forms of ozone has been completely, um, like a game changer again for somebody with, with autoimmune, uh, issues. Yeah. I've heard a lot about ozone. I don't know anything about it, but I know, um, I follow a couple doctors who use it. Uh, it's big in the naturopathic space and people, I think they nebulize it. Um, but I, like you said, I know there are like several ways to administer it, but, um, that's one of those that is, it, it I have heard 
very, very good things. Um, I don't know if you ever mess with like wearables um, and different like biohacking gadgets. Like one thing I particularly love is the Apollo wearable. It's this um, this low vibration, low frequency vibration device. You can put it on your wrist or your uh, ankle and it delivers just kind of little buzzing motions, but it actually works off of this idea of touch therapy. So, um, you know, they have these many studies that kind of discuss like, uh, the benefits of touch therapy and depression and touch therapy and chronic illness, um, where it's literally just the power of being touched that can boost people's mood and boost people's immune system. So this device utilizes that concept and, um, and it's, it's a very powerful thing and it's, it's super easy to use. So I don't know if you use anything like that, any red lights, um, any kind of cool biohacking gadgets. Yeah, no. So at our home, we, we were loaded with, with stuff, but, uh, I, I used to use variables, uh, like both aura ring biostrap, uh, I, I did, but honestly, I think it's a good thing to start with, but once people learn and know what their, what, what, you know, higher HRV feels like, what their lower resting, what their, uh, what their, uh, you know, stressful state versus, versus calm state feels like, I think it's, it's a great tool at the beginning, but afterwards I just like, don't like to use it. I like to ask my body, how do you feel right now? You know, same thing. It goes so it's a great tool at the beginning, but then coming back to, to your center, cause your body is the biggest, you know, uh, fuel for, for all of that. But we do love using uh, red light. We have, a, we have a lot of red light. We have nano V home. We've got ozone, uh, treatment. Uh, we used to have a PEMF. I, I, I swear by, by PEMF, but, uh, uh, that's something it's like super expensive, but as if people can find it in, around them, I definitely suggest it for overall, um, you know, health and, and lowering inflammation. And then, uh, what else we have? I mean, we use like blue light blockers, uh, whatever we fly, whatever we go. Cause it's, it is made a huge difference for, for me. Um, and then, uh, we have like Soma, the, the, the EMF, uh, uh, device that, that lowers your EMF in, in the house. We try to be, I, I do actually want to get more into like EMF wearables, like actual clothing. Cause I know there's quite a few brands now that are, um, you know, becoming, um, better and better at it, how much it works. I, I don't know, but, uh, I do know that being in cities all the times, it, it is really affecting us, uh, all of us. And it, it is keeping us away again from that in, in intuition, but, uh, yeah, well, we, a lot of cold, cold exposure, of course, but that one, I don't like cryo. I, I do like just classical ice baths or, mm -hmm. or water because it, it also stimulates your mind. And I don't know how much I actually believe in the, like if I, if I take a ice bath versus I go into a cryo for the same amount of time, it's a day and night physical difference and, and how long it actually lasts after. Yeah. The cold, the cold exposure thing has been one of my personal biggest, um, tools for transformation. Cause it's, it's extremely low cost. You know, if you just take a cold shower, if you have a, a pool or, a you know, uh, some kind of natural body of water by you to get in, um, you could just take a cold shower though, at the very least. And, uh, but you know, they do sell, um, like cold, actual cold plunges. I know people who use, um, like ice chest freezers and fill them with water and m go down to like 33 degrees. And, um, but it's, Man, if there is one thing, if I was to tell somebody like of all the stuff you could do that would take the least amount of effort, um, that would make the biggest difference. It's a hundred percent, the cold plunge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. For everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been great, Pavel. Um, I actually want to move our podcast into the next part where you're going to lead us through a, uh, a short breath work session. So, uh, viewers and listeners, we're going to hit pause on the podcast right now, but uh, there will be a bonus episode where Pavel will lead us through this uh, extra podcast. So uh, you should be able to download that or access that right after this podcast. So Pavel, thank you so much. Before we sign off, can you please tell the viewers, listeners, where they can follow you on social media, if they want to learn about you, if they want to work with you, uh, where would you send somebody to do all that? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, thank you so much as well. It was really a pleasure being here and, uh, it's under Noah Aon official N O A A O N official for any social media. 
And then um, uh, noaeon.com is uh, the website. And then I post generally all of the events uh, on, on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, I have a new website coming in. I will be doing live streaming on demand as well as courses. So we are actually producing tons of new content so that way people can actually experience all that we talked about from their homes or in person, whatever they choose. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. And then we're going to link to all that in our show notes and the descriptions in all the podcast players. So definitely go check out Noah Aon, Pavel, our man here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Viewer, listener, thank you so much for watching and listening. For more, be sure to check out holisticnootropics.com. Until the next episode, peace. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening. For more brain-boosting info, in-depth articles, and show notes, check out holisticnootropics.com.